0: This is Fletch, and on our episode tonight, we are talking about homeschooling through hard times, and we interview our friend, Linda DeFino.
1: I am Linda DeFino, and I live in the western suburbs of Chicago.
0: Linda is a blogger and a homeschooling mom of four kids.
1: We have four kids, been homeschooling now about 23 years. Uh, the girls are 27, 25, and 23 and then our son is 10, so four kids, and a lot of years of homeschooling.
0: So why did we choose to interview Linda? This is a homeschooling mom who knows hard times. Listen to this clip where Linda shares just a few of the things that she has gone through as a homeschooling mom.
1: Finding out that I was expecting when I was 40, and then right after that, a move, about a year and a half of time of just really tough, homeschooling and keeping everything together. Came through all of that, moved again, bought a new house and had to remodel the entire house. So there was another three to four months of of craziness. But then about um, 18 months ago, uh, recognized that something wasn't quite right, went to the doctor and two days later had surgery and and the discovery that I did have stage 3 ovarian cancer and started treatment for that three weeks later.
0: So you see, Linda has a great story of homeschooling through hard times, but it's not just a surprise pregnancy and multiple moves and then a cancer diagnosis and the treatment. It's even the months
1: of recovery that have been challenging for her. Um, the months since then, have had their ups and downs with um, emotionally, spiritually, dealing with the knowledge that y- you don't know what lies ahead, that you don't know what tomorrow holds.
0: So stay tuned as Kendra and I sit down in the studio and we interview Linda and we hear more of her story and we discuss several more topics about homeschooling through hard times on tonight's edition of Homeschooling in Real Life. From the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network, welcome to Homeschooling in Real Life, the podcast. I'm Fletch.
2: And I'm Kendra. As veteran homeschooling parents, we discuss topics that tend to divide and distract Christian homeschoolers from each other and the gospel.
0: On the Homeschooling IRL podcast, we promise to be honest, transparent, and witty as we uncover what it means to homeschool in real life. we don't do this show alone. No, we don't. You know, we're part of the ultimate homeschool radio network. And whenever possible, we like to encourage our listeners to go catch other shows on the network.
2: What have you been listening to lately, Fletch?
0: Well, you know, it's midway through the summer, and as you get ready for the school year to begin, uh, one of my favorite shows on there is the Dollars and Cents Show by Carol Topp. She's a CPA. She calls herself the Homeschool CPA. She helps families with tax and accounting issues. She helps homeschool organizations with tax and accounting issues. But what I really love is that she encourages families to teach their kids about money.
2: You know, our listeners are always asking us questions about teens and getting our kids ready for the adult world and college and you know carol's last two episodes were on career exploration
0: so one of the things i saw that she did was an episode on personality tests and another one about knowing what god's will is for my life when i'm 17
2: those are great topics
0: so if we've piqued your interest hop on over to the ultimate homeschool radio network look up the dollars and cents radio show with carol top and give it a listen Affirm Films and Sony Pictures Animation present The Star, the fully animated story of the first Christmas
1: told through a whole new set of eyes. Bo the donkey and his stable of animal friends follow the star to become some unlikely heroes.
0: That light, that's the star. This is where it's been leading me. What's his name? His name is Jesus.
1: The Star, now
0: playing. Rated PG, parental guidance suggested. More information is available at thestarmovie.com. Well, we are back in the studio for episode number 22, Homeschooling Through Hard Times. And uh, just to give you an idea, I I think, Kenj, can we just stop for a second? I think people must sometimes assume that we just have everything together.
2: Oh, my goodness. Those are the people who don't actually know us.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so it's pretty close to 11 o'clock at night, and we finally got in the studio to record. Now, this isn't a hard time. This isn't anything horrible. But this is the truth. The truth is we, we just we don't have it easy. Homeschooling is not easy in our house. <laughs> you know, we haven't had great simple years every year. Um, we have a story, us personally. We have yeah. a, a homeschooling through hard time story.
2: We certainly do.
0: And it wasn't just one hard time. We've had multiple hard times.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but we're not going to tell that tonight. We promise we'll come back to it. That'll be an episode where we'll spotlight because we, we want to share our story. But uh, tonight we're going to talk about someone else's story. But we're also going to be talking initially here about maybe, again, what we do best, which is we pull the curtain back on Christian homeschooling, and we're going to just point some fingers at some true issues. Okay. So what are some trials we've seen people go through over the years?
2: Oh, well, um, homelessness.
0: We've Yeah, we've seen um, husbands lose jobs, mm-hmm. wife, husbands and wife lose jobs. Yeah. Um, so we've seen financial stress, ruin. Yeah, just drop people. Mm-hmm. We've seen uh, what about health issues?
2: Oh, We've seen multiple yeah. surgeries. Yeah, we no. we walked through um, yeah, the for, death of a friend who's a husband and father of six children that were homeschooled.
0: Right, mm-hmm. and that was that was big in the home the homeschooling community at large. Yeah, um, you know, I was thinking about <laughs> you know, what what are what are one of the flags that Christian homeschoolers like to plant? It's the large family flag, right?
2: Oh uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> so we've seen large fam I, I know one family that planted the large family flag mm-hmm. so deeply. They had so many kids that the mom's body was literally ruined by multiple pregnancies. Yeah. And that has undone many homeschooling years mm-hmm. because she's had surgeries and repairs done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and we can kind of smile because we know the story and we know them, but it's part of planting the flag in the big family camp. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, Anything else you can think of?
2: Well, in terms of planting the flag,
0: no. It's in terms of uh, hardships. We've seen death. We've seen sickness. We've seen financial ruin. Yeah, we've seen split families. Oh, yeah. Husbands that just say that's it, we're done homeschooling. Oh, yeah. Or moms that say I've had it. All these kids are going to public school or private school or whatever. Mm -hmm. So you know, couples not on the same page.
2: Yeah, divorce. We've seen divorce.
0: So. So, you know, when we're talking about hardships, we're we're looking through all of these. Now, um I talked to you just before we started this podcast and I said, "What are you and I known for?" We're known for the truth. And you just shared something that I think is great about the truth of homeschooling through a hardship. Uh and I don't know if people are going to be shocked when we say <laughs> it, but there are some times that people need to do what?
2: Stop homeschooling.
0: Yeah. There are some years where things are so hard that you just need to stop. Yeah. And as much as you want to wave that flag of homeschooling, there are some years where you can put up the white flag. Yeah. And say, I give.
2: We probably just lost all of our speaking engagements for 2015 yeah. in any homeschool. Well,
0: if you're listening to this podcast <laughs> at this point, you know these are the kind of things we're going to say occasionally. Are we pro-homeschooling?
2: Absolutely. And do we think it's been a fabulous tool for our family and many families? Yes, we are cheerleaders for homeschooling. But do you need to seek God in this. If you are going through something that is uh, monumentally difficult for your family, yes. And God may ask you to lay it down for a season. And that may be his great way to accomplish whatever he, it is he wants to accomplish in your family that year.
0: Yeah. The goal that year may not be um, the history of you know Western civilization from the Reformation through um, the American Revolution. It may be a <laughs> bigger topic he wants your family to learn that year. Yes. And I think the willingness to just lay that down and say, this year is really hard. And I don't just mean, you know, oh, it's tough. I've got four kids and I'm just having a hard time schooling. I mean, huge things, big things. You know, I th- I think um, the family that where the husband had lost his his job and they they were just about to lose their home, mm-hmm. I don't think it it was a problem for them to say, "Hey, we're going to take a break from homeschooling for six months and keep food on the table and try and figure other things out." At this yeah. point, um, I think they kind of got there easily. That mm-hmm. was easy for them. I right. think some of these other ones where uh, you know, and it's it's unfortunate that it's these. I I think it's a bit of a spirit and a a mom of we've got to plug on. We've got to keep going. Mm -hmm. You know, I realize um, my hormones are depleted. Mm -hmm. I'm not getting any sleep. I'm trying to keep all this going. I'm trying to clean up the homeschooling mess so we can set up dinner on the same table.
2: When you're clinging by your fingernails to something and... You're making no forward momentum and you're hitting walls. You know, it may be time to realize that God is telling you there's something else he has for your family and it may be the death of a dream. If, if homeschooling has become this dream idol that stands in the way between you and obeying God and seeking the best he has for your family, you got to let it go because it's just going to put you into further bondage.
0: Now, one of the things you and I talk about a lot when we're looking at uh maybe the meta narrative of scripture and, and maybe people who aren't even familiar with that term, I and mean, it's a term we use a lot.
2: Yeah. In, in really the... just the grand story of scripture.
0: Right. can we just lay that out really quickly and then let's talk about how that applies to this topic?
2: Sure. Well in scripture Wait we Wait a minute, hold see... on. Meta
0: narrative is a can we just break that word down for people that are like narrative. Many, right. That... You know, public-schooled kids that married really smart women that struggle with some I was public-schooled. Yeah, but you are really smart, too. No,
2: I just happen to listen to other people who are smart. Um, meta-narrative. Really, which, seriously,
0: I'm married to a brilliant woman, and uh, i When it comes to I'm things blushing. like... I'm Go ahead.
2: Okay. So, the grand story of Scripture, and this is where we see God's hand from Genesis to Revelation. This is creation. Then there was a fall then God redeemed that fall and then there was reconciliation between man and God. And we can see meta narratives in in all of our stories in life. So for instance, we create this this there's this creation of this family, right? So let like, you can just take it as simple as a marriage. So there's a creation of a marriage. And then something goes awry in that um, that beautiful creation the the parties involved start putting their hope somewhere else. Hey, there we have it again, hope shifting. Are we shifting. talking about hope shifting? Yeah. <laughs> in
0: 22 straight episodes of Homeschooling in Real Life. We just talked about hope shifting Yeah, again. and
2: so when when something like this begins to happen, you know, where was Eve putting her hope? It was in the serpent's lie, in this apple, in this fruit. She shifted her hope from God to the apple. Okay, there's the fall. This marriage, somehow the hope has been shifted from God to whatever whatever it yeah. is there's a fall a
0: lust a it lust lusted after something whether it was pictures in a magazine videos on the internet or a live human being across
2: town or the wife has has put everybody into debt because she put her hope in having more and better and you know bigger stuff and overspent or who knows you yeah. know who knows and so um there's a fall and then God redeems that he he so faithfully redeems that um when we turn to him and then he reconciles things between parties or between himself and between himself and those who who took the fall. So we have creation, so, fall, fall,
0: redemption, reconciliation. Correct.
2: And that's just just simply a meta narrative.
0: So how then do we apply that to homeschooling through hard times?
2: Well, the creation would be that you're going along, you're plugging along, you've got this homeschool, you, you're really focused, you know what you're going to do, and then somehow there's a fall. There's something you didn't expect that came to hit you. And maybe it isn't hope-shifting, Fletch. Maybe it's circumstantial. You know, maybe it's it's cancer. Maybe it's a job loss. Um, and so, you know, that, that would be the fall. And then God redeems faithfully, he redeems our situations, and then he restores or he reconciles. So uh, in homeschooling, I don't know what the fall might be. You know, just whatever that, whatever that hardship is. And we can, we can always trust God to redeem it. However, it may look entirely different than we expected. I'm not so sure Adam and Eve expected redemption to look the way it did.
0: Yeah, yeah. They probably wanted things restored immediately.
2: Right, and the redemption to them was going to look like back to the garden, things were fine, put back the way they used to be. Well,
0: certainly we know the the Israelites, that wasn't the redemption they were expecting.
2: They were expecting a
0: king. They expected an earthly king to come and slaughter their foes.
2: Right, and that's so good for us to remember because I think we have these pictures in our head, especially women, I think. You know, we like to have things sort of all sewn up. Gosh, you and I were in San Francisco yesterday and sort of waxing poetic about moving back. To the city and living in this small house, and like 24 hours later, I'm right, creating exactly. this whole scenario yeah. about how we're going to move back to San For Francisco. Our
0: listeners, go ahead and go on the homeschooling IRL, <laughs> or homeschoolingirl.com website and look at our family pictures. I mean, do we have pictures up there of our family? I don't know if <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we do. There's eight children, and I do <laughs> sure yeah. the home that we would need in San Francisco would, would be like a $9 million.
1: Dollars.
2: Dollars.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> exactly. So. Yeah, but, you know, I'm picturing this and I'm running with it because I'm this woman who dreams big, um, or dreams small in this case. <laughs> so I think we... She's
0: she since changed her plan, just so you know. Now we're going to graduate everybody off and just take like one or two kids with us. We're going to rent a <laughs> downstairs apartment in somebody's large home.
2: Yeah, I didn't say that.
0: And we're not going to do... <laughs> I don't know. We're, I think we're going go to...
2: I've already go, pinpointed some neighborhoods. We're
0: going to go to the... Glide Memorial Church for dinner. I'm pretty (laughs) sure
2: that's what we're planning. Because that's all we can afford. Yeah. So anyway, um, I you know, my point is that we have this dream idea of what the homeschool is going to look like or what our families are gonna look like. Because I don't think any of us set out to homeschool. Like we didn't get married and have kids so we could homeschool. You know, homeschooling came either from, you know, homeschool grad who said, "I, I wanna give my kids the great Education and family situation that I had, or I want to give my kids this. Um, you know, this is really the best thing for our family. But the dream is sometimes convoluted. It it it's put together in patchwork from Pinterest pictures and blogs and magazines that are so glossy, and maybe the neighbor down the street who's got this seemingly fantastic homeschool situation going on, and the dream becomes this mesh of things that maybe God never intended in the yeah. first place.
0: I mean, we've talked about, I mean, we'll get back to comparisons again and what that does. It breeds discontent, but Absolutely. I was on a, a homeschooling family's website this week. Uh-huh. It was flipping ridiculous. <laughs> it is like, it's like Clorox bleach white, mm. um, flowery perfect pictures of everything yeah and you know what great i'm glad the parents are great photographers but when they take pictures of kids that just look bleach white perfect mm-hmm. and there is and there is no you know downside i mean if you're one of our homeschooling and real life listeners that cleans up the kitchen table in order to put dinner on that same table yeah um that's more the reality that we see. You know? Hey,
2: you know, our last house, we had to renovate the garage. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Well, just
0: in our to next get... episode, we're going to be talking to a family that homeschools in New York City. Oh, yeah. And you know, you talk about homeschooling in a small space, but getting back to our creation, fall, redemption. That's you know, as God redeems and then reconciles yeah. through tragedy. As you know, he, he you bring this this where the where the earth has fallen and that affects us whether it's disease or whether it's um a trial in a family or anything like that where cuz not not every one of our tragedies have been health no or just some of have been the sinfulness of mankind sure that affected our family yeah and and destroyed something and that fall, coming out of that fall into redemption and reconciliation, as we've seen, God redeem that situation, and we look forward to reconciliation. Not at all what I was expecting. The picture I had in my mind, picture you know, I think initially was let's just get back to what we originally had planned, but God has changed has changed everything in that picture. So I think as we go through that meta narrative in our actual uh, ebb and flow of our lives, we find that reconciliation. Um, often looks different than what we had planned. Right. If you're a new listener to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast, we want to let you know we have a bunch more episodes and where would they find those, Kench?
2: You can find us at the homeschoolingirl.com website or at the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Show. And you can also find us on iTunes.
0: If you search for us on iTunes under Andy Fletcher, Kendra Fletcher, or Homeschooling IRL, you will find our podcast. And I would encourage you to subscribe to our podcast, and every episode will come directly to you. Hey, while you're there, you can also review us. We would love for you to review us, because that gets our ratings going up.
2: That's right. And then the more the ratings, the more shows we can produce. Hey, you know what? I
0: would, If I were you, I would just give us a five-star rating. <laughs> of course you would. We would love five-star ratings. So take time right right now, stop what you're doing right now. Unless you're driving, don't stop driving, but if you are listening to us right now, take a break, run over to iTunes and review us. We would really appreciate it. All right, so getting back to this um uh Pinterest version of homeschooling. Um uh, I I think I want to camp here for just a second with you. Okay. Because, you know, one of the benefits of social media has been that we can talk to our listeners. And our listeners can talk to us. And we can have discussions. Um, We can tweet things. We can live tweet things. I can, you know, we can Instagram our way through uh, some adventures. Yep. And it's been fun to see people on the other side of the world um, enjoying parts of Ireland and Italy and... uh, the Middle East and Africa mm-hmm. and Asia and Oceania; Th- those have been great things to be able to to see. I think the negative of these, like you were saying, whether it's Pinstagram, sorry, Pinstagram, <laughs> what the heck is Pinstagram? Um, whether it's Pinterest or Instagram, has been, um, you know, putting forth the picture of perfection. And I even know that you know a lot of times people ask us that question that you're used to being asked. How do you do it? Yeah. And, you know, it's just so funny because – was that on Preschoolers and Peace this week?
2: No. I was going to say that, though. You know, um, the homeschooling blog that I've written for a number of years is called preschoolersandpeace.com. And I write it with uh, a friend now. She's going to be slowly taking that all on her shoulders, which is just great.
0: Shout out to Michelle. Woo.
2: <laughs> but she um, she posted pictures of her kitchen. Several months ago, um, and it was like the mess everywhere. And I'm telling you the feedback we got from readers that was like, you know, just thank you so much for posting that because that's what my kitchen looks like during the day. Well, of course it does. You're homeschooling, you know? And and I always used to laugh and say, homeschooling and housekeeping are mutually exclusive. And we're just fooling ourselves if we put out this Pottery Barn picture all the time of the, you know, like you said, the bleached home with everybody looks beautiful and perfect in every picture. That is so not reality. But the article you're referring to is from my friend Rachel Martin's site. And I will put that up in the show notes. And it was about the fact that people say, how do you do it all? I get asked this question all the time. And my response to that question is, I have no idea. (laughs) But the truth is, I don't do it all, people. You know, yeah. that's just like w- explain what you mean by all because I don't do it all. Yeah. I have help in some areas. I've also got older kids. You know, you got to realize that I don't make breakfast and lunch anymore. I just don't. That's been delegated to all the other kids. Um, in I can the house. remember
0: talking a few years ago to a homeschooling mom who was a bit overwhelmed, and she had been on one of those syrupy, sweet. Yeah, um, you know, pioneer women homeschooling type, and, and not, no, no, that's <laughs> pretty, pioneer.
2: pretty uh, real. I'm, but I know what you're yeah, saying.
0: Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. Don't I'm not disparaging anything. I mean, yeah, this was a, a normal homeschooling family. They put out this syrupy, sweet, uh, perfect life on the prairie blog, right? And they were showing, you know, their perfect kids and their perfect homeschooling and everything. I mean, it's like they dressed up for every photo. And and one of the things that I liked was this woman that I was talking to, um, said. uh, I read this blog post recently on this on this website that had said, um, oh, you know, when things don't go perfect. Kind of like what you were just saying, you know, when things don't go perfect. But everything on that blog, all the pictures were perfectly cropped and perfectly oh. <laughs> done pictures, and it, it just made me laugh. It was like, yeah. I'm even going to tell you that things aren't perfect, but I'm going to show you just perfect pictures.
2: You know, um, Fletch, when we just had young kids... I remember we we started homeschooling when Hayden was four and Nate was two and I had a newborn little Jack. And I remember at one point there, I don't remember how old they were, maybe four two newborn or five, three and one, you know. I remember saying to you, I'm not going to do dishes all day long. Do you remember this? Uh, it's so long ago. I know. But I, I just decided I wasn't going to do dishes because it was only me. I was only, I was really the only responsible one, you know, in the house at the time. And, and we were creating three meals a day. So it was breakfast, lunch, dinner because we were homeschooling, right? And so here I am. I'm just, it's just me and I got to sit down and nurse the baby right after I get lunch and then, you know, make sure that the, the older two boys don't kill each other while I'm sitting and nursing the baby and stuff. And I just remember saying, I'm not doing the dishes during the day. I'm just going to let them pile up or I'm just going to put them in a soapy sink And then at night, we'll just tackle all the dishes. We'll just get it all done all at once. And that was like so against the grain of the the household I grew up in where everything was really, you know, my mom was just on top of stuff, partly because we were all in school. (laughs) <laughs> and she could be, um, and partly because that was a focus for her. And so that was hard for me to let that go. But you know what? That was one of those survival tactic kind of things, that, and that's reality. So that's kind of what I'm talking about here. You're just going to have to let some things be different and look different than the picture you had in your head.
0: Yeah, so again, as we talk through this, homeschooling through hard times, um, let's just take a break and talk to the the listener who's listening right now, going through a hard time. Mm -hmm. What can we be encouraging them about?
2: Well, first of all, you have no better advocate than God. And I know one of the most difficult things about going through hard times and and trying to homeschool kids and keep things all together are the naysayers. I mean, it seems like most of us have at least somebody in our life who will say, why don't you just put them in school? And if you feel really called to doing this, and that's where your heart is, and you know God is calling you to do this, you've got to get cheerleaders around you. You've got to somehow smile at that person who's telling you that and say, thanks, (laughs) and then ignore them. And and surround yourself with people who are going to lift you up and be your cheerleader.
0: Yeah, now that is a perfect piece of advice based on what we talked to our guest about tonight? Yeah, because she was pretty adamant that as people came to her, you know, if you think about this story, three teenage girls, mm-hmm. all having graduated homeschool, and then you have this young ten-year-old son, right? A surprise. Mm-hmm. So you're you're just homeschooling the one, mm-hmm. and you've done such a good job with the top three. And then all this tragedy hits. Boom, 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 boom. And the first thing people started saying is, well, maybe you should put him in school. Yeah. And she was so adamant that she wasn't going to. And she has some killer reasons why. I mean, it even shocked me during the interview. I thought, oh, that's, I, I learned something during the, the interview of like, that was fantastic why you chose not to. It wasn't at all was that what I was assuming. So I think that's a great point. You know what? Um, let's take a break now. We'll go to that interview, and then uh, we'll come back afterwards, and we'll wrap up. We had the opportunity to Skype Linda Defino, and I think what we'll do is we'll skip right to the part of the interview where she talks about her most recent trial, her diagnosis of cancer.
1: But then, about um, 18 months ago, I was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. Pretty out of the blue, no clue that anything was wrong, and then uh, recognized that something wasn't quite right, went to the doctor, and two days later had surgery and and the discovery that I did have stage 3 ovarian cancer and started treatment for that three weeks later. And so, you know, it, it was the beginning of... Um, A hard time in in a lot of different respects. Of course, emotionally dealing with a cancer diagnosis and um, the months since then have had their ups and downs with um, emotionally, spiritually dealing with the knowledge that you don't know what lies ahead, that you don't know what tomorrow holds and um, trying to continue to be um, the mom um, spiritually and emotionally that your kids need you to be um, even in the midst of all, all that you're struggling with and recognizing that there's a, a responsibility in a sense to be that and yet again, the knowledge that, that sometimes it's okay to let go and and let Well, certainly um, to let the Lord um, give you the grace to to be what you need to be, to do what you need to do, and to let other people do what they may need to do. So
0: as with any cancer diagnosis and treatment, there was an emotional and spiritual stress that Linda went under. I mean, it was life-changing, but she got real candid about the physical stress and and how that physically impacted her body and her ability to just go through the normal day-to-day functions of a homeschooling mom.
1: My doctor said only about 10% of my patients ever feel sick. And, you know, so you don't really need to worry about that. There will be a lot of fatigue. Well, I was the 10% that that felt nauseous and um, felt like I was going to throw up for about three and a half months straight so it was pretty much on the couch and um extremely fatigued and so for about 3 to 4 months um homeschooling just was really not an option <laughs> in in the sense that um what i could do day to day just wasn't the same as what it had ever been before
0: okay so here she is cancer diagnosis she is out of commission for three to four months with just on the couch sickness, and she faces the reality that schooling is just not going to take place. Um, if you look at the meta narrative that we just talked about earlier, she's at the point of the fall. What, as a homeschooling mom, where does she go from here? Does she choose to pack up her uh, young son and put him in school, or or what? And I loved Linda's response. Uh, And I think we all have a lot to learn from what
1: she has to say. I had to depend on the reality that three months of not being homeschooled wasn't going to destroy my child's chances of having a successful life. (laughs) And I had seen... In my girls who had been through some tough times homeschooling um, when I had struggled and now we're all high school graduates and college graduates and leading successful lives like, oh, yeah, a few months of struggle are not going to make or break a life. Um, And there's a whole lot more that goes into having a successful life for a a young adult than um, whether they actually did school every day for three or four hours for 12, 13 years. You know, it it is really, in a lot of respects, something that is in our heads (laughs) that we have to do. And um, when we uh, struggle to do it for whatever reason, it can feel like we're letting somebody down, letting our child down first and foremost letting ourselves down letting our spouse down letting our in-laws down who are who aren't sure that you should be homeschooling anyway and I shouldn't have said that cuz my in-laws definitely believe that I should be homeschooling but you know yeah. there's always somebody that that asks and wonders and questions and those factors the the emotional and the spiritual and the physical of of just going through particularly those months, those three to four months of, of the treatment stage, um, was, was very hard and really homeschooling didn't happen. And, um, and that was, that was okay.
0: All right. If I'm being very truthful at this point in the interview, even I'm asking myself, Linda, why didn't you just quit? And so we posed that question to her and we asked her, you know, at any point prior to your cancer diagnosis, you know, with your other trials or, or then when you're flat on your back, did you ever think about quitting? And this really is uh, the teaching point in the podcast for me as the host, because I loved Linda's response. I think you're going to like it.
1: Quitting homeschooling, like, like sending my kids to school. Um, never, ever seemed like an option to me. And so there's a couple of different quitting definitions, I guess. Um, and, and I, I became firmer in that where some people, when you're going through struggle are like, you know, the easy thing to do would be to quit doing homeschool, send them to school, let someone else do it. Um, what I realized I needed to quit was putting the pressure on myself to um, be a certain kind of homeschooler. Um, And I recognize you can still homeschool but not be the same kind of homeschooler that maybe is the right thing to do most of the time. But when you are struggling, when you do have extenuating circumstances of some kind or another, um, you have to quit. Putting the pressure on yourself um, rather than, you know, in my case, um, quitting actually um, homeschooling, which some people thought I, I probably should do.
0: Again, if you're like me, you might just be thinking, here is a diehard mom who, you know, she has one kid in homeschool. Just let it go but linda again flips the tables even on me and listen how she actually considers this one homeschooling son and why she makes that decision to keep homeschooling i think it's beautiful
1: i became firmer in my conviction because i sensed in my son during you know this this big time of struggle that the security of being at home and being with my husband and I as we went through the struggle, he gained more from that than he would have if he had not been in our home, you know, for the bulk of, of every day. Um, in some ways, would it have been easier for him? Maybe. But, you know, I think there's value in seeing your parents, you know, walk through difficult times and... um and see that struggle as well. And that's, that's, that's part of what schooling is. That's part of what we're raising our kids to be. And um, it's not just the academics.
0: So in a humorous way, we told Linda, we don't want to go through the same trials you're going through. We want to live vicarious through you. And our listeners as well, we asked her the question, uh, what was it during these trials that you learned you had to give up? You know, teach us now from your perspective, what were the things that you were holding on to so tightly uh, prior to your cancer diagnosis and treatment that you learned you had to give up? And here's what she had to say.
1: A few things that I definitely had to let go of. One is that the need to be, like we've just talked about, the need to be independent and to do it all myself. Um, the the Another thing is the need to do it perfectly. And um, recognize, I guess, really, the underlying thing that I had to let go of is just every um, kind of preconceived idea about what makes a good homeschooler. I guess to, probably to everybody, that's a little bit different. I had my ideals about what it means, you know, whether it means to finish every subject by the end of the year or, you know, to, you know, do certain things with, you know, go on a certain number of field trips or do you, whatever it is, um, those preconceived ideas about what makes you a good homeschooler, you just have to let go of. And I had to let go of those and recognize that I could only do, I still felt called to homeschool. I I didn't feel the Lord saying, no, don't homeschool. So he knows what I'm going through. So that must mean his expectation is a lot different than the expectation that I was putting on myself. Um, he must be saying it's okay to just do what you can do. You know, just I, I let go of that pressure. And um, when I finished chemo, we didn't try to cram to get everything done that we missed. Um, I let go of a whole year, almost, um, a half a year.
0: As our listener, are you hearing what Linda is saying? It's almost as though she's having to redefine what it means to be a successful homeschooler. And as our listener, are you struggling with that same thing? Are you struggling with the pressures that you've put upon yourself as to what a successful homeschooler is or what that looks like or what the convention speakers say it is or what the homeschooling in real life podcasters say it is? Uh, Let's listen a little further to uh, some of those ideas that Linda was able to think through.
1: At the heart of all that really is letting go of the idea that there's a formula for success. And you know, success being my children graduated and got jobs and are, you know, functioning in society and that the formula is if I do it just right, I will get from point A to point B. They will get there. And and I I just had to let that go. And I think the realization came that there isn't a formula. And so why try? to cram the formula down everybody's throat and um, make everybody in the family um, unhappy.
0: So everyone's experience with trials and tragedies is completely different. And Linda and her family just received blessing after blessing from church family and neighbors and real-life family as she was going through her trials they received meals. She mentioned fresh flowers. Uh, but maybe you, as a listener, are wondering, you know, I have a friend going through a trial. What could I do? What, what seems appropriate? And after really discussing all the practical needs of meals and a, maybe a place for her son to stay some evenings, you know, or a, a place to get schoolwork done or some kids to play with, she mentioned this one piece of advice uh, for those friends that would just drop by.
1: People would come and and drop off meals and they'd stay for a few minutes and we'd have a quick chat. And it was just, it was so refreshing to have those quick talks and it wasn't anything deep. It wasn't people feeling like they needed to, you know, give me the wisdom of the world in those moments. It, It was just, you know, I think people sometimes hesitate to try to help because they don't know what to say. They feel like they have to give something physical with something spiritual or with you know the big encouragement and it's like just being there is an encouragement.
0: So if you want to connect with Linda if you have more questions about uh how she weathered the storm in her life or you just need some encouragement for your own storm or you need some encouragement on how to help a friend go through a, a trial in their life. Uh Linda does have a presence online. And here's where you can find her.
1: I, I have been a blogger for about seven years. I've been a up and down kind of blogger. Um, and I do have a blog. It's called The Joyful Journey. It's uh, joysandrewards.wordpress.com. Don't do a lot of blogging. I took a break from blogging there. Um, during the height of my cancer journey um, and, and had a CaringBridge post, a CaringBridge site, um, where I did most of my writing about what was going on. But the CaringBridge site is just my name, Linda DeFino on CaringBridge.
0: Hey, that was a great interview with Linda. Love you, Linda. Thank you for taking the time to be on Homeschooling in Real Life, the podcast. Now, for our listeners, uh, now that you've heard this interview, you've heard what we've had to say, you may want to start some discussion with us, and you might have a few more questions. What's the best place that we have found to start this discussion, Kendra?
2: Well, we've had some faithful tweeters, so you can always reach us on Twitter, at homeschoolirl. but we engage quite a bit on Facebook as well, and that's facebook.com slash homeschooling IRL.
0: You know our website is a place that you can come find us as well. and that's homeschoolingirL dot com. You can write comments right on this podcast page. You can uh, send stuff into us through the contact form. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to kind of keep this conversation going. So you can reach us at any of those places
2: if you're interested in advertising with homeschooling IRL and reaching thousands of homeschoolers across the world, Please contact us at our homeschoolingirl.com website.
0: While you're on our website, you might also find out that Kendra and I speak at events. We would even love to do a live podcast for your audience. All this information is available at homeschoolingirl.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Homeschooling IRL podcast. Next time, we are going across the country to the Big Apple.
2: We'll be talking to a family that homeschools four children smack dab in the middle of Manhattan.
0: Yeah, they are on the Upper West Side, just off Central Park in a small apartment. We're going to talk about all that. Hey, if you love homeschooling, if you love New York City, tune into our next episode and you can find out what it's like to homeschool in one of the most fast-paced metropolitan cities in the world. We'll talk to you next time.
2: The Homeschooling IRL podcast is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. For more information on this podcast, to contact your hosts or to connect with Fletch and Kendra on social media, visit us on our website and blog at homeschoolingirl.com.